following program is paid for by the Hawkeye Huddle, which is solely responsible for its content. The opinions and views expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of 1700 The Champ, Cumulus Media, or its employees or management. The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. Brett Ridge, Dave Crane Jr. from G-Mix in West Des Moines, Valley Junction. We are back. Great to be with you. I know. On a Tuesday as well. It's so awesome. And, uh, yes, the opinions on this program are solely yours and mine, and that's cool, right? Because, well, we paid for them. Right. Exactly. And they're, they're bought and paid for, and uh, even our advertisers can't say that, but they have, they're paid for them, but uh, right. they're not theirs. Uh, but, anyway, we're excited to be back here. Uh, it's steak night here at G-Migs, as it has been uh, on Tuesdays when we've been here for the last few years. and. Of course, last year we were over at Foundry Distilling because we were doing Thursdays, and it, it fit out well, better. But, and, and due and to COVID. COVID. <laughs> yeah, the COVID thing worked out better uh, for them that way. But uh, you're welcome to come on down and join us tonight, shake our hands. Uh, say hi to our friend John Gavant, who's celebrating his birthday. He's a cyclone friend of the Hawkeye Huddle. Cyclone over friend here. of the Huddle, yeah. turning uh, oh, 59, uh, I think, for the first time. Did he? Is he really? Why oh, don't do we have to put that on the No, I, we I, just I did. Know. All kinds of, we got King George over here, That's Hollywood, right. and even our friend Chuck Reed down here, although he spends a little time here. This is one of his favorite places. It is. You know. So anyway, welcome everybody to the Hawkeye Huddle year 18, season 18, I guess I should put it, season 18. Season 18. We started this uh, little uh, venture back in 2004. That's right? incredible. Right? Uh, two, I guess. It is. It was 2004. Uh, over at the original Legend Sports Bar and Grill, which no longer exists. Right. Nor do any <laughs> and, of the Mark Rogers and, restaurants. And, no. And, uh, oh, no, I think he's part owner of a couple of them still, isn't he? I don't think so. Okay. That's all right. Carry on. And, anyway, uh, and we have been at the HawkeyeHuddle.com the entire time uh, on different stations. 1700 has been our home for quite a while now, though, so we appreciate uh, our partnership with them, and we're uh, certainly happy to get things going. And i got to tell you, this is a return to normalcy. I mean, we're here at G-Migs where we've been for a few years. The Foundry was great. Foundry was a, a terrific place to be. But uh, we, we have a, a little more of a sports bar atmosphere here. We were here for several years before that and, and uh, certainly enjoyed it. And we like Tuesday nights. Foundry is open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Great place to go, by the way, and enjoy all the great things they're sponsoring again this year. We appreciate that. EMPM Plumbing still in, and uh, we got a few others around still. Uh, Stonehawker Realty. Uh, we'll talk about all these folks here a little bit later on in the program. Hawkeye football again. The return to normalcy Saturday afternoon. At least some normalcy. There are going to be some different things and additions, by the way. But 2:30, BTN Big Ten Network Hawks in Indiana. Number 17, Indiana, in against the number 18, Iowa Hawkeyes. And uh, I think you and I will uh, probably shed a tear when, when uh, oh, Black and Black starts to play. There's no question that's going to happen. Um, and uh, certainly uh, during the national anthem and all the other things with 70,000 of my closest friends. Uh, new this year, Ridge and I will be sitting together trying to break a curse that we <laughs> feel like we have broken. Uh, throughout the uh, throughout yeah, the years, I think so. I think so. Um, where we couldn't actually sit by one another to watch a successful football game, but we feel like we've broken that. So therefore, we have we have combined our seats together with uh, in your old section, but closer to my row. So at the end of the day, we're gonna we have great seats. Looking forward to the well, we've always tailgated together, but we're looking forward to the entire experience. So. I can tell you this is that when we pull in off of Melrose there, 
actually off Benton, uh, down to where where, <laughs> down where, to where, we're still, yeah. where yeah. we go behind the new hotel. I'm sorry. It may be great to be a Florida Gator, but I'll never say that again on this got, on this show. We have Gator fans in that. I thing. see that. Yeah. Let me tell you about the first we, Outback Bowl we went we, to. We have a we have a story <laughs> about that later later on after when we're off the air. You're not gonna want you're, you're gonna want to hear this. Thank you. Anyway, uh, seventy thousand people. It's going to be exciting. They're they're selling beer. They're selling beer. Uh, yeah. um, do we have to wear a mask? No masks. There does not appear to be a mask uh, mandate at this point for Kinnick Stadium. So here's a couple of things. We'll bring that up. Uh, there are some differences. First of all, most fans will be using uh, it's, it's electronic ticketing, right? There are people who were able to, as they went into this, they realized that there are people who don't yet. Like do, Grandma? Yeah, don't do the cell phone thing. Right. So you could request paper tickets if you said, I don't have a phone, right? But most people... They, the, they came on our email, right? And for some reason, we're not coming over the over – the, you got it? Okay, anyway. Um, I don't think we can turn that up anymore. No, it's up as high as it can go. Uh, anyway, so um, there's that. Uh, yes, alcohol. And uh, so those will be special stations, by the way. Not every stand will be uh, available for alcohol uh, purchase in the, in, the, in the stadium, but there will be several. I think they said, uh, you know, there, I think – most corners and there will be definitely definitely different and everything is cashless now so it's all All, bring a credit card all on the card yeah including parking if you're going to the game and you're going to pay to park in a university lot you better bring a card with you oh in in a university lot i mean joe's you know if you're down at the church you still they take cash but uh, but if you're paying, if you're going to the, one of the university commuter lots or something like that, you need to be bringing that as well. Um, and here's the, 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 the difficult part of this is with the worker shortage that's out there because, you know, nobody, I heard the, I nobody heard this would want to work. Um, yeah, uh, they're, they're figuring um, they usually have between 500 and 1,000, 500 on a smaller game day, about 1,000 people on a more full game day. Uh, he, Gary Barta says they're at about 500. So they may, they said, you know, be prepared. Be prepared. Be patient, particularly if, if you're in that beer line, right? Well, and if you if you want a beer before the first kickoff, you might want to consider getting in there about 145. It might be a thought, right? It right. It might, might be a thought. We're going to have to discuss it. I, I, I know you're going to partake. I don't know that I will during the game. You oh, know how I do that. I, I don't, you know. I, I, I was thinking I might go for just one and then see how it goes. Because sometimes I'll get that first one down by the middle yeah, of the first I, quarter, I, and next thing you know, first quarter, now I'm, you might have it down before kickoff. No, well, now, now I'm three in. Yeah, right, um, exactly. But uh, and we're gonna that did happen in an Outback Bowl once. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it did. Speaking of the Florida Gators, right. that was how that worked out, right? Um, okay, so those the, that's some of the game day stuff. By the way, if you're coming back towards Des Moines after the game, I-380 and I-80 interchange is an absolute doggone mess. And there's no way around it, right? There's no good way to go around it. You might try Highway 6. You might try something. But it's going to be a mess. So just be prepared for that. You're not going to scoot out of there, right? The, right. There's one lane getting off to go north on 380 as they've changed that interchange. Right. And it's 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 already a cluster, and that's not on a game day. So just, just yeah. uh, think, think about it, that as, as well. As we drove to uh – Son Trey's wedding through that yeah, the other day. It right. was like you saw that, right? Holy moly, they got a lot going on here. Yep. Um, 
They're going to be giving vaccinations at Kink. Hy-Vee will be on Saturday as well. And keep right. feel like the need for that. Well, if though. you haven't had that done right. yet. Even though you don't need that. So, uh, beer, wine, and seltzer being sold at the stadium. you got the electronic tickets. We're going to get in there. It's back in black. And the Hawks, by the way, uh, three-point favorites, three-and-a-half-point favorites. So, basically, it's the, it's the home field advantage over at Indiana. Um, there are 2,500 tickets available, by the way. I We heard that earlier today. I suspect by uh, late Friday there'll be nothing but singles. Uh, probably. And and uh, as well it should be. I mean, for heaven's sakes, you know, it's a, it's, it's a top 25 game, a Big Ten game to start things up. So... It's not Clemson, Georgia, but it's pretty. It's certainly in uh, top three or four games of the of the day. Not to harken back too far, but I happened to be at Hayden Fry's first football game at Iowa. He played Lee Corso and the Indiana Hoosiers. They got up twenty six to three at halftime. The Hawks did and lost thirty to twenty six. Uh, let's hope we don't quite see that. I mean, I remember we were all thinking, "Oh gosh, look what Hayden was doing." And he was, by the way, he had changed the way the game was being played in Iowa City after the Bob Cummings experiment. But <laughs> Iowa lost that game. They did win a couple of years later. I think it was the next year up in Indiana, over in Indiana, uh, during the first game. I, I remember Jeff Brown scoring a couple touchdowns for Iowa. I was playing football in the backyard with my kid uh, kid friends back then. That's uh, impressive touch football, memory. I've got that uh, in my brain. But this is the first time we've had a Big Ten game since then to open up the year except for last year, of course, with the Purdue well, game. Well, when it was all – in conference uh, games. But we're on a six-game winning streak going into this, by the way. Uh, Which is fifth longest in the country. Having outscored opponents 214-83 to 83 over those last six games. Feel pretty good about saying Iowa would have beaten uh, Michigan as yes. they were scheduled to play and Missouri in their bowl game and probably would have been on an eight-game win streak going into this. Not that we don't want to knock – let's knock on yes. from Micah or whatever. But, um, I, you know th- – that. That's where the expectations for this team are coming from because there's so much coming back. Yeah, no question there's so much coming back. I mean, on the defense, you've got the back seven that are all there. Uh, on offense, I think you've got, if I'm not mistaken, seven, seven returning starters on the offense um, with all of the interior linemen, two guards and center, all having appreciable playing time. Uh, obviously, you've got... Goodson coming back as as the All Big Ten running back uh, behind the All Big Ten fullback, which they don't have, but Potterbaum would, would, yeah. would be it. And behind uh, uh, Lind- Tyler Linderbaum, you know, all all preseason All American center, and uh, you know, th- this season's going to hinge on is Spencer Petras going to be able to, to show the improvement that we continue to hear so from the coaches, right? Uh, from from the Big Ten. Network people who went and watched and said he looks really good from the people who, on Kids Day where he clearly outperformed Padilla and Deuce and those kinds of guys. Uh, you know, those sorts of things. That's that's what you need. Well, so it, it's it's it, we hit on the things that we don't want to scoot over too much, which is, one, um, Tyler Linderbaum is – the first team All American preseason on five different, uh, you know, right. five different teams. He uh, he is a road grader in there, and uh, is important. But yeah, appreciable time for a lot of the other guys. So that's that's good. Kirk said today he's going to rotate probably seven or eight guys on that offensive line. Lots of guys getting playing time. We'll see. Uh, 
the, the experiment between uh, Plum and Mason Richmond at, at one of the you know uh, at one of the tackle positions. We're going to see uh, how these guys go in. Kyler Shutt will not play still because of his broken foot from the hay bale incident <laughs> a few weeks ago, which is too bad because he actually was one of the guys returning with a lot of, of, of time in. But I, I think you come down to it with Petrus, and, and this is this is this is the question, right? So I think when we went to the bowl break last year, you and I said, I kind of remember a conversation on this show where we were saying, hey, look, uh, do guys get that much better? Do players, because I, I, frankly, I thought he, you know, even when he was good last year, I thought he was bad, right? Do you get that much better? And, and you were wrong on that. Well, I, I don't. You, you're, ju- you're judging uh, his inability to hit a couple passes in games that they won by three touchdowns. What it, what it turned out, the analysis came down to be, was that if he gets the ball out and, find, and knows where he's going, he's fine, right? He's good, right? Yep. He's a 70% passer. If he had to wait longer than two and a half seconds, he was like a 45% passer, right? So here's the question. Does he come out and does he have the, the confidence to make his reads, look around, and figure it out? Or does he does he come out and does he crap himself immediately every time? Right? Well, I don't think he's going to do that at all. I, I Frankly, I think he's coming out and he's going to be playing with extreme confidence. I think he he's, knows that the guys in front of him are going to protect him. He's got game, play, or game breakers, frankly, all over the place with Tracy out there. Um, I think we're going to see some Arlen Bruce. I think we're going to see Keegan Johnson. Um, and... You know, let's not forget 15 back there. Well, at 15 who can run the Wildcat from time to time, too. Let's talk about that a little bit later on. But um, I, I want to go back. So let, let's go back to Petrus and his progression, right? So this spring I went down when we finally had a scrimmage and we were able to go watch that. And, there, were, you know, that was when uh, Padilla, Alex Padilla started catching up to him, right, in the right. spring practices, right? And, and people started saying, eh, maybe there's something there. Well, I'll tell you why there was something there. They ran at separate points in time in that scrimmage. They ran basically the same play, which was a basic Tyrone Tracy go down 15 yards and cut to the sidelines and sit underneath the safety and go over the top of the D-back. Alex Padilla stepped up, dropped a a dime in there, right, and for, for a nice catch, but it was a tough throw, right? Made a nice play. Everybody clapped, right? 20 minutes later, here comes your first string quarterback, Petrus. Same route, same positioning. Guys open. Petrus steps up, takes a look at it, and goes, no, that's too difficult to throw. Took a sack. Ser- I mean, seriously, he literally right. just looked at it and took a sack. So w- what does that tell you? That tells me the same thing, right? He's looking at a wide-open guy. Or not an open guy, a wide-open guy. A guy that's a tough throw, and he doesn't try because he's, he's no, 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 right? He's or, or he still has the, but, I'm not going to make the mistake. I'm not going to turn the ball over m- mentality. And, that sits and, out there. And down he goes, right? Right. And down he goes. And down goes Frazier. So, but, but that's six months ago, right? He'd had like two week, two more weeks of practice over the year. Uh, and that was still spring, right? Right. So making that judgment, if, if this is then, I would say this is, not, this is not good. What we have heard since then and what the coaches have said since then and what everybody has said since then is, look, this is a kid who – he, was, he did 30 days of quarantine last year in the middle of the summer. He didn't have the progression. He didn't have the time. Right. He's gotten better, right? So that, to me, then gives you the, the green light to say, okay, everybody's giving him thumbs up on having made that progression. That's what I want to see. I want right. to see, does he try? Believe me, everyone wants to see that. Everybody wants to see the Hawks 
matriculate the ball down the field. We want to have 50-50 passing plays, yardage in both sides, and we don't want three and outs, even though we have the best punter in the country. And, we, you know, there's all kinds of big things that are coming up with our defense and those things. We get, and we got 40 more minutes to talk about that. Are we ready to go to break already? Well, I don't hear pretty soon. I, Jimmy told me it was at 616, which is probably in exactly, I don't know, four, four or five seconds. Okay. Well, we'll hear the music. Hopefully they'll play us out with some music, and we'll know when we, get, when we go. To, right. Um, but that aside, you mentioned, you mentioned Tyler Goodson. So here's the thing with, with, here's the thing with uh, Goodson. Aside from being voted by most everybody as a first-team All-Big all Ten running back, they are going to try more of that that wildcat. They really like it. He was talked. He smiled a lot about it. We'll talk to Tom Cakert about that here coming up in the next segment. Um, that's another dimension that that they've added to this offense. It doesn't have to be a big dimension. It just has to be a dimension that you use at varying times in the game to throw off the defense. And I love the fact that they can do that. Right. Jet sweep action and, and wildcat. All kinds of good stuff comes from that. And, uh, you can use uh, the young. Oh, oh we got to go to break. All right. You got to use the youngsters in there. Arlen Bruce uh, and uh, Keegan Johnson. They can be weapons on that as well. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700. The champ. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700. The champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we are back here again. At G. Miggs in West Des Moines, Valley Junction. As we are going to be each week for the next 35 weeks, hopefully. Lord willing, and the creeks don't rise. Oh, that's right. Actually, <laughs> the one behind my house got pretty good last well, night. Well, imagine it did. A little did. rain last night, right? Um, anyway, we're uh, we're thankful for uh, G. Miggs uh, hosting, I guess, again this year. And uh, we'll thank our other great sponsors here a little bit later on. But uh, come on down and join us. they got all the great food that they normally have down here, that Pride of Iowa wrap still being served, the uh, roast beef wrap as I well, had the, know, the most with the, the roast. I had the tur- turkey one the other day for lunch. It was spectacular. Yeah, it's a good place to be. Come on, join us. And then uh, if you missed tonight, of course, we'll be here for the next uh, foreseeable future for Tuesday night. So uh, join us 6 o'clock each week here on the Hawkeye Huddle at G-Mix. Uh, I believe. Do we have Tom? We do. We have so on short notice because we sort of. Well, planning is not exactly our strong, strong suit. suit. No. Now what's that? I don't what's know. Make, what's making that noise? Tom Kaker of HawkeyeReport.com joining us for year number eighteen, season number eighteen. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Oh, we've got it. That's All right, good. that worked perfectly. That's good. So uh, appreciate the appreciate. Uh, you know, I bumped into you me today. I'm like, I think we're going Tuesdays, man. You're like, it's all good. And then I'm like, uh, and then I sat down, and Dave's like, I don't think I've talked to Tom about this. And I'm like, well, I tweeted it about it. So <laughs> there you I go. hope. He, but you're, he's such a he's always always a good contributor, and we depend on you, Tom, because not only are you running uh, uh, HawkeyeReport.com, which of course has I don't know how many thousands of people are actually uh, checking in with your website, but on top of that. You're always on top of things, and you're at the press conferences, and you were there today talking to the players and the coaches and um, some observable differences in the fact that you get to talk to some of the younger guys and the, and the coaches this year as well uh, as far as the media days are concerned. Yeah, um, you know, a little bit of a change for Kirk. He's made the assistant coaches more available to us in the off season, and we'll also get to talk to them during the week, and uh, at least one, one a week for uh, you know the entire season so it's going to be nice to get a different assistant coach every week and uh, you know freshmen are going to be available to us and and that's going to be nice as well 
So, so Tommy, yeah. uh, speaking of freshmen, who do you think we're uh, going to want to be talking to the most? Uh, Arlen Bruce, Keegan Johnson, who are you thinking? Yeah, Kirk said both those guys are in the rotation. So we're going to talk to them for sure. Um, the other guy that might be in there, um, I think, is probably um, Connor Colby, I think, is going to have a shot at being in there. So that'd be another one. Two freshman uh, uh, offensive linemen out of Cedar Rapids, Kennedy, and he went in at the uh, at the semester and uh, got his feet wet and, uh, and started showing showing real well. And you know what? It, as many times as we say, the guys who play closer to the ball need more time to develop. Kirk has had over the years a few guys here and there that have started in early as freshmen and then just stuck with their career. When you go back to uh, the Brandon Scherfs and you know putting James on all the way. Uh, uh, Mike Jones is that his name? Yeah, yeah I mean, a couple of those guys. They it, there have been a few. Brian Bulaga. Not many. Not Brian Bulaga is the one I was trying. To, another one I was trying to think. Not many, but but it does happen. And and if they're that good, Kirk doesn't hesitate to get them in the rotation. And I think he wants to see how these younger guys are going to play with the older guys this year, so that they can, the offensive line needs to come together. It's really the it's really the piece that needs to come together of the puzzle, outside of Spencer Petrus probably. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Um, and it was interesting today to listen to Kirk talk about the offensive line because it's unsettled. And, you know, he knows kind of the group, but I don't know if he knows which five are going to kind of be the five. And he, he said to, that he, he could play six, seven, or eight different offensive linemen on Saturday, and I thought that was really surprising. Well, we see them do some rotations from time to time, but – um, this seems a little more aggressive in terms of the rotation, so I, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to follow. I I also wondered, Tom, if he'll end up um, like flipping the tackles every once in a while, like moving one of the, the guy from right tackle to left tackle and bringing in somebody else to be in play right tackle. For just as an example, they were able to do that, you know, in the last couple three years when he had worse and Alaric and those kinds of things, but. It's a whole new world, you know, in offensive line and tackle right now. I think what you're going to see is probably um, a rotation at left tackle. I think he wants to get Mason Richmond out there and see what he can do. So I think you're going to see him out there with Jack Plum. I think you might see a rotation at um, right guard maybe with uh, Justin Britt and Tyler Ellsbury. Those might be a couple of the options. And, and maybe we'll see Colby out there with uh, Nick DeYoung at right tackle. It sounds like from reading some stuff about Indiana and trying to uh, piece together last year that they, they do have a pretty good uh, pass rush return. I returning. think they led the Big Ten in sacks. Yeah, they, it's going to be the position. It, it may not be the road graders that are important in this game, Tom, as much as the guys who might be able to uh, keep, keep people off of Spencer Petrus and give him a chance to find some guys downfield. Yeah, um, they're going to have to really find this combination. I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges in this first game because um, Indiana likes to blitz. They like to bring pressure. So it's going to be a real challenge for Iowa out of the game. Uh, you talked a little bit, I noticed you talked to uh, Tyler Goodson about uh, – about the Wildcat, and he certainly seems fired up on that. But uh, <laughs> and and it's become a new, uh, really a new dimension that they've been able to put into this. You, you get the feeling that maybe they're going to run that a little more this year than even last year. 
Yeah, I kind of think that might be the case where where they kind of try and do more of the Wildcat. And I, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to see if it does happen, uh, where they use more of the Wildcat um, approach. And he, he talked about being able to throw out of it. Now, whether they're yeah. going to let him do that, he but he, he did school. it in high school, right? Yeah. yeah interesting idea. In Who was the left-handed so running back was, that would – do you remember that time we had a left-handed running back? No one knew he was left-handed, and he rolled out to the left and then stopped and threw one. When was that? This is a few years ago. I'm trying to. It wasn't out of Wildcat. It was a you know like a uh, halfback pass. Uh, Damon Bullock. Was it, it Damon very, Bullock? I, that, that might may have been who it was. I think you're right. We're going to go with that one. Final answer, Jeff. <laughs> Um, heading on back to back, How about the D line. Well, I was going to say heading down the line is the other uh, sort of the other area where I was going to rotate a lot of guys. Of course, he did say you're going to see a lot of wide receivers in there because you're going to get the young guys in there with with uh, Tracy and Regani. Uh, but on the on the defensive line, and really when you start realizing that now Jack Heflin has made an NFL roster, and uh, it, you you certainly you, you um, that's that's a, another guy that you didn't. You didn't realize how good that defensive line was last year, but they've got that's one place where they're replacing some guys, and he's going to rotate apparently seven guys on that defensive line as well, and we'll see some new faces in there uh, on Saturday. Yeah, they're going to rotate, but that's kind of the norm that they're trying to rotate seven, eight guys through that defensive line. So I, I think the starters anticipate to be. John Wagner and Ben Balkenberg at defensive end, and then Noah Shannon and uh, Y.A. Black at uh, the defensive tackle. But um, the thing Kurt kind of hinted at was guys have been banged up. And so that's going to be the challenge is those guys that have been banged up, they're going to have to get out there. And and, and I think that might limit them a little bit uh, in this first game as they kind of ramp back up and uh, get their – Get their legs under them, their wind under them a little bit more. I wonder if we'll see much of that uh, Raider package. You know, where they yeah, essentially have four defensive ends. <laughs> yeah, I think we will. I think we'll see, um, you know, uh, we may see a little bit of Justin Jacobs in that Raider package, a little bit off the rush end, that, which I think is intriguing. Phil Parker mentioned that to me a while back that, um, you know, that might be something that they look at. He could play defensive end and strong safety. Well, and so they've moved. They've gone ahead and, and theoretically moved Jack uh, Campbell to back to middle linebacker. Right? They're kind of he's the middle linebacker. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they use Jacobs because I know you, you, we know how confident they are that Campbell and we've seen Campbell right and and how good Benson can be. But Jacobs is the guy that you sure. just keep hearing about over and over again, and, and, and as maybe one of those guys. I, I, that you don't know what you what you can do with him, but you know he's got to be on the field. And Iowa needs athletes like that, right? That can just make plays. It'll be fun to see how they move him around. I think, and 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 when we start looking at that defensive line and some guys being banged up, it, it becomes all the more important that those linebackers, as they have been over the years, become guys that fill those gaps and make tackles. And and I I, I think Tom, it, it this is is the strength of the defense for me. I know we got the backs the the back guys, the defensive backs. But I really like this linebacking group. Yeah, I think it's a really strong group. Everybody's on the, the Jack Campbell hype train. Uh, Seth Benson is solid. 
Um, you're right about Jacobs. He just he just looks the part. I mean, just he's a specimen. He's just he and Campbell are just so big and they got the long limbs and everything. They just kind of fly around the field and um, it it's an interesting group. I, I think really what happened the 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 Iowa season is going to be defined by the offensive and defensive lines. Can that defensive line stop the run? Can they get some pressure on quarterbacks? Can the offensive line uh, get the get the run game up to four and a half yards to carry like they did last year? And can Spencer Peters take the next step? If those things kind of fall together at some level in a positive way for Iowa, Iowa's going to go to Indianapolis. Uh, that's what I firmly believe. Love to hear it, Tom. Well, there, there, uh, that's the kind of optimism we want on August 31st. Firm, <laughs> firm optimism. Glass is half full for sure. As we all know, I'm definitely a glass is half full my, guy. My beer is uh, more than half empty. I'm definitely. Yeah, I can't remember your fearless forecast, Tom, for the year. Uh, remind us where your fearless forecast came down. Yeah, that was July 4th. I, I had them at uh, 9 and 3. Um, I might want to revise that now because I thought Northwestern would start somebody more competent than I think Hunter Johnson's going to be at quarterback <laughs> and they've lost their their best running back is kind of dinged up so um, yeah so I, I might go 10 and 2 now oh boy 10 and 2 not bad I like it all right Tom we're going to let you go we're going to get to our break but we appreciate you taking the time and uh, looking forward to a good year not only of football but basketball coming up as well We'll talk a lot more about that down the road. But thanks, and uh, uh, we'll see you in Iowa City on Saturday. Okay, thank you. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com, and uh, we do appreciate him checking in uh, again for our 18th year together. You know, he was just starting the – can he just take over Hawkeye I, Report? I, maybe a year or two. Okay. I mean, it had been there, but I think... Well, John Miller had it first, didn't he? Right. And, and I, then think he, I think Tom had just taken over. Tom and, and Blair yeah. kind of assumed it, the roles, mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm. And came on, and he's barely... I mean, I think missed one or two weeks. I mean, didn't he I have, think he's didn't missed he have camp too? you. Didn't he? Oh, I think he... I'm sure he yeah. has. Uh, I, th- I mean, it's... It, it's he doesn't drink as much as I well, he, <laughs> that's not why I've missed. It's all, all due to he's more committed to uh, vacations to, and this is his business. Think, that's right. right. This, this is what this he is does. His business. Absolutely. Well, check out HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, I, I, I know um, I'm, as as my I'm wondering if I'm getting tracked all the time uh, that I'm I'm looking at that during work. It's on a lot, right? You know, just uh, seeing what's going on out there. Um, that's why you got to have the second computer. In, in the, the work from one? home, that's not you an issue. you have a second computer yeah, going? Right. Uh, a couple of other off notes before we go to the break and come back and really wrap up the Indiana thing. So, uh, field hockey team. Oh, my gosh. Did you see the highlights of this game? I didn't see that. It was highlights. spectacular. They, so, they, they start off 2-0. and They're ranked number three. They started off 2-0, and beating number 11. Uh, Wake Forest five to three, and then they beat North Carolina number one three to one the other day. They're going to be number one ranked uh, you, in the next. You need to go out. and look at the highlights of the third goal in the field hockey game. It is spectacular. Really, who did North Carolina it? actually pulled the goalie? I didn't know you oh, did this. Yeah, one girl is falling to the ground, hits it all the way through, basically ices the ball. The other gal gets it. She's getting hammered. She's falling down and she knocks it in. In a place goes a huge crowd at Grant Field. It was a big crowd there. It was I saw that saw I did see that. There's some pictures. Dozens. 
Uh, Maddie Murphy is the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week for a couple of goals and a couple of assists. So they're hey, they're pretty good. They're they're bringing they're things number back. one in the country. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. That's going to be fun. Soccer team, by the way, took the first uh, the first Iowa Iowa State uh, match of the year and uh, put the Hawks at uh, the University that put, of Iowa. Does that put had, Iowa up uh, one nil? One nil in the uh, in the Cyhawk <laughs> Challenge, beating Iowa State two to one. They lost to Kansas the next day uh, one nil, but. Regardless, Iowa currently leading the Cyhawk Challenge because of that. Um, and a couple of other notes as we start to take a look at uh, just want to acknowledge before we even get to the basketball season. Caitlin Clark leading the gold medal under-19 women's team as the MVP out of West Des Moines and out of the University of Iowa. How much fun is that? And they're going to be they get, return all five starters. They're she was at really Applebee's good. the other day signing. Or no, Sec Taylor? Principal Park? Something like that. I, I always like to say I it's Applebee's. Even I had, though it's not. I had down Maybe here Carlos for, us, Kelly. for us to discuss the whole NIL thing and conference realignment, but we got too much football to talk. Let's talk about the Hawks. Who gives a We're crap? We're coming back. We're, We're in the Big Ten, people. Fin- finished up getting ready for Indiana on Saturday. We come back here on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700. The Chain. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Rich on 1700. The Champ, real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here at G-Mix to wrap things up here on the Hawkeye Huddle First Edition for 2021-22 season. Is this 18-1? 18-1. We don't even have a naming convention like that, but we should. should. Well, who knows? Uh, we want to thank our other great sponsors. Of course, uh, you just heard a commercial about EMPM Plumbing. What do they do, David? They do plumbing, Brett, and they do it very, very well. Right. They're responsive. They're great. Doesn't matter whether it's in the AM or, or PM. The PM. They're, they're Bri- good for that. Price is right. Also, Give uh, Brian a call. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to, to uh, jump in with the Stonehawker Realty uh, mentioned this week and just say, you know, so this uh, every year, this was year 27 for Stonehawker Day at Eventually. Ralph started that that long ago. Ralph started it. Good Doug for has him. continued it. We were out there. I uh, took Logan out the other day, uh, grandson Logan, and th- that's just it's an ancillary benefit. They do these fun things, right? They, yeah, it, some of it's word of mouth because referrals are big for them. But guess what? It really is fun. It really was fun. And Doug was out there, and and uh, let me tell you, I've as I've said, four different houses over a long period of time. And this last one we did a year and a half ago, we had to get rid of it in six weeks or we were going to have two mortgages at once, and we and he did it for us. So uh, that's dsmrealestate.com, dsmrealestate.com, Doug Stonehocker, and uh, and want to thank him for uh, the fun again. They do have some stuff going on in the fall. If you're a client, you'll end up uh, finding, I think there's a pumpkin patch day and some I other they stuff. Had. They do things like that as well. Uh, but it's it's part of the service, right, is that you just kind of become part of the family. And, and uh, what's really fun about that is we bumped into – Several hundred people out at Adventureland the other day that were part of that program. So uh, appreciate that and, and his support of the Hawkeye Hill over the last couple of years. Um, I, I I want to mention that uh, friend friends of the program, Pause Place, out in Dallas Center, Granger, Grimes, in that neck of the woods, kind enough. They're concerned about the advertising that might get them too busy. They, they're so good, they might get too busy. But uh, they certainly... That's not, that's not a joke. That's really a thing, right? They're, and they, yeah. they take great care. So yeah. if you're looking for a place to board your dog, it's called Pause Place out in Dallas Center Grimes. Which is not very far from my home. No, it's actually so extraordinary. I, I close might be a place for me to take, yes. the, to take the, the, the pooch as we go. All right, back to the Hawks and uh, getting set for a 2.30 kickoff 
Saturday against uh, Indiana on Big Ten Network. By the way, Big Ten Network will be in town for their tailgate party. Oh, uh, that's fun. Tailgate pregame, right? Where do they do that? Uh, I, don't, I forgot to look to see where it was going to be. A lot of times they do it across the river. I Maybe they'll do it at the practice facility or something like that. I don't know. You'd think you'd want to be around fans. Remember a few years ago they were doing it down by the Union, which is quite a ways away. Well, it's a long ways away. You and I got it. So we were just discussing. we got to figure out what we're doing then. Because uh, yeah. we've got our tailgate spot lined up and everything, but we got to figure out. Uh, God forbid we plan too far in advance, right. Brett. You know what? I feel like we're professional enough that we can just show up and figure out how to have fun. I'm right? certain of that. If you guys, uh, let me just tell you this. If you don't know what we look like, that's the way it goes. But if you, we're going to be right behind that new uh, that new uh, Hilton Garden Inn. Right behind the literally, brand new hotel. Right. We're literally beneath the wall, the retaining wall into the parking lot. Right. Of that apartment building. That's where we're going to be. Look Stop by the, and say hi. Look for the, we don't have a flag up, but if you see, if you want Look to, for the yeah. Creighton Junior Suburban and yep. you'll find us. You can say, stop by and say hi. We'll, we're we're going to be there. And my guess is there'll be some cold. Oh, there's no yeah. question. It's, it, anyway, it's not an official party, but we'll be there. And you can stop by and say hi. So I will go into this game, and I mentioned how good this the team was last year. Right, I think we underappreciate when you start looking at at some of the guys they lost. You have three undrafted free agents that made NFL rosters. Mackay Sargent, by the way, sticks with the Titans, which is amazing. Consider nobody thought they just didn't appreciate him. Right, Jack Heflin stick uh, sticks with is, is he with the Rams? Packers. No, Jackson Packers and Alaric Jackson, who we thought probably would, is staying with the Rams. You've got a, a number of guys that have made NFL rosters off of last year's team. Nick Neiman went in and led the uh, led the the Chargers in tackles in the preseason, right? Oh, Neiman's uh, left. Uh, oh, Ben Neiman's with the Chiefs. Nick yeah, is with the Chargers. With, with the Chargers. These Iowa last year um, and over the last few years, they have 22 straight games now under 25 points on defense. 22 straight games. That's three, three three years. It's 23 games. Is it 23? It said yes. 22 on the, in the game notes. I thought it was 23. I said 23. Maybe it's 22. Either way, it's been three years since a team has scored more than 25 points. Now, that 20. notwithstanding, my point is is that this has been, I think we may have maybe underappreciate last year's team a little bit because of how messed up it was and how it kind of, we didn't get enough at the end of the year out of it. But th- this is the challenge is to, to not get overhyped on, on this team. But I think Tom's right. Tom Kakert uh, is right. Things fall together. This is not a stretch to say that this team could easily win ten games and we could end up in Indianapolis. I think, I, th- I think that it's not a stretch. But, but as you, as all of us know, as Hawkeye fans, you're going to need your tums and Rolades or whatever your antacid of choice is because Iowa plays very close football games, and when they're having great seasons, they win the close ones, and when they have not so great seasons, they tend to lose them. But those six wins last year, only one of them. So that's well, yeah, been, no, that's but been they, the mantra, right? Is but they all won, those they close won, games. They won the last five games by more than 21 points. It was amazing. Right. So that's where you started going, holy cow, what do they have? And that's what Spencer Petras really not looking great most of the time, right? He had some good halves. But, but so let's, let's, let's say for kicks and giggles that he does turn out to, to, to make that leap forward and, and, and do what we think he might be able to do. It's going to be a really fun football team to watch. Now, Indiana comes in. Uh, Penix, the quarterback, back off the ACL injury. Uh, Tom Herman said – Tom Herman? No. Not Tom Herman. Uh, Tom uh, – yeah, whatever. Allen. And it says uh, he's good to go. We'll see, right? Um, 
even though he's fast, they say he doesn't. Re- he makes plays with his feet, but he doesn't run a lot. So in other words, he runs around and throws. Uh, uh, right? With the exception of the Penn State um, game last year, where he scored the game-winning touchdown, double overtime. Right. The Freifogel kid is their wide receiver who was like voted. You know, he was all Big Ten last year, so they got a good receiver. Led the Big Ten in yardage, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, a USC transfer running back. That uh, doesn't scare me. No. You want to know why? Because he probably played against Iowa in the Holiday Bowl, and no one ever heard of him. I think he did. I, I think that's true. I suspect he did. Stephen Carr. Uh, anyway, he's won the he's won the job. He was a five star recruit, so he's won the job. Um, so they've got a little bit, and they and they do have defensively a stout line. Here's the thing. I know they're working on their O line, but their O line, by according to the Pro Football Focus grades, was the worst offensive, second to worst offensive line in the Big Ten last year. All right. So they won all those games despite not being able to move anybody out of the way and not being able to protect the quarterback. They also they also won three games basically at the horn last year. So how good really were they? And well, they how were good, good really enough. They were, they? they were good enough to win, but at the end of the day, I think what you're going to find is is that. People are undervaluing Iowa right now, in my opinion, and they're over overestimating and overvaluing Indiana. Um, and it, and I think, it, frankly, it all comes down to the quarterback based on past history. Pinnock looked great. Petrus looked putrid at times. Yet, you know, there's 11 guys on that football team, not just one. Be careful when you if you're texting anybody about Penix, by yes, the way. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm auto certain. The auto fill, fill is... It's, it's murder on I, that. I suspect, anyway. I suspect that it is. It's a hard one to t- right. get take care That's of. That's just for Johnny and his birthday, right? That's <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but, no, but, uh, um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, 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 it's hard to know, and this is the point about all of this, it's really hard to know what we can even expect from this upcoming, this, uh, this upcoming game. You want to break it down. You want to throw out everything you think you know. But at the end of the day, we don't know how good they really were last year. Things were screwed up. Uh, um, they had they won a bunch of games right at the end. Indiana did, and yet they so they were way overhyped, and they were overhyped by the Big Ten. The Big Ten really wanted that to be a big story last year, right? So it was right. They went, you know, they only lost the one game against Ohio State, and and uh, but you looked at some of the games. They were, so it, it, it is was what it a story. is, right? So here they come into this year, and we'll see how it is. It well, is Indiana. For both Indiana, and both Iowa State, coming off historic seasons in terms of uh, their record and how they and how they ranked, and that's how Iowa starts the first two games. So. Iowa uh, vaccinations, by the way, for COVID, in case anybody wondering. So uh, they were, Kirk was saying way back at the beginning of practice, only about 70%. They're up to about 90% now, he says. So All right. under, 10, under 10 kids that are still kind of holding out on that. But that does mean, uh, because it's important now, if you it's happen. Con- it's the contact tracing thing that's a big deal. Well, and so if you've got, you're not affected Ask then. Carson Wentz. Right. You're not affected then, I guess, if you have been vaccinated, right? And so you probably won't have to forfeit a football game, likely, unless there's an actual large outbreak and, and kids are out. And that's important because this year they're not just wiping the game out. They're actually calling it a loss. It's a forfeit. And a win. It's a forfeit. And the other team gets a win, and you get a loss out of it. Uh, so it's it's important uh, in, on that level. And, of course, we don't want anybody getting sick anyway. No. This, by the way, just in, uh, currently number of, play, of Division One athletes that died from COVID last year. Still zero. Still zero. 
That's what still I thought. Still zero. Still, I mean, zero, right? Anyway, actually, number of athletes in college sports and athletics. Still zero. zero. Point zero? Well, there was a, there was a Division three kid that turned out he had a heart attack, he did, and he had COVID, but he didn't die from COVID. But that's oh. a whole different thing. Um, but, yeah, still zero. Um, but in any case, Iowa's not going to be losing a bunch of games because of that this year, and that's, that's important. I think, you know, you could have looked uh, a few weeks ago and thought, well, it's a little iffy, right? Right. It's, right. it's a little iffy. Well, that's a that's a good statistic to know that that ninety percent or or better have at least have been vaccinated. That's a that's a big deal. It, it, it is. It is, and 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 it, it'll be interesting now to see as we start looking at the at uh, how the how things play out in the stadium, how people are uh, are relating to to the COVID. How many people have masks on? How many people are uh, you know? It, it'll it'll be interesting, right? It's time for our foundry distilling. Oh, I wanted to last call. I couldn't remember if we're seven if we're at six. I think it's fifty four. Okay. Oh, we better do our foundry distilling last call then. Brought to you by the good folks at Foundry Distilling over here uh, 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 in Valley Junction as well, and you can stop in there and check them out on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and. Uh, that's the one thing we're missing is we're not, we're not drinking any Foundry whiskey tonight. Well, and based on current events, you still wouldn't be. Well, uh, yeah, I can't. Well, well, if I get a ride, I'm good, right? <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> all right, what do you got? So I've been thinking about this for, I don't know, nine, nine days. About nine, nine, day, nine, days nine pies. Nine, nine pies. Nine whole thinking about this make nine pies for nine days i got the hawks winning and it's going to be something like 27 20 right in that neck of the woods iowa continues the under 24 thing and maybe maybe it's tied and we score in the fourth quarter and then hold them off something like that i this is going to be a nail biter but i got us winning 27 20 and just for the record is the first Six minutes this football game is going to be as electric as you can imagine Kinnick could be, it, it, barring a kickoff return. Yeah, that. so that's where I'm going. I feel like uh, I, I, I feel like Iowa, this is one of those where Iowa has a, a sizable, they, they build themselves a sizable lead. Indiana makes a little comeback. But Iowa comes out, and I feel like, they're going to come out, and it's going to be a fairly solid effort, and they're going to, they're going to do what we – they're going to methodically – build their lead, and Indiana may make a little bit of a comeback. I'm feeling optimistic about this. I'm, I'm not a believer yet in Indiana. I'm not a believer. Next week, we have a whole different situation to start talking about Iowa State. I, after I, you know, I I think we we will have a different talk. Indiana, I think. Uh, so what do you got? At 35-21. Wow. I think Iowa gets a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown to, to be part of that. I don't know we're an offensive juggernaut just 17 yet. 17-1. But it's a good team. It's a good game. That's what we got. That's what we're starting with for our Foundry uh, last call. Thanks to everybody who helped us out on the program today. We have a Jimmy O back in the booth. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Join us next week after we go one and all on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700, the champ.